our guys are ready to go. They love to compete. Um, they love being around their teammates and their, their buddies. And it's a joy when they're, you know, around each other. So again, we're, we're ready as we can be. The results will show how ready um, me saying we are, are, and, you know, we got to be ready to hit the mat when that first whistle blows. And when I say we got to be ready to hit the mat, we got to be ready to hit the mat in a ready, ready way. We're, we're ready, ready. hope everybody else, including you, dear listener, is ready, ready for all the high-level wrestling this month is about to bring us. We got a small taste of it last weekend with the ACC, Pac-12, uh, Mid-American Conference, and, and Southern Conference tournaments, uh, but we're going to get even more of it with the Big Ten and Big 12 championships coming up this weekend. Hey, what's up? Hello, everybody. Welcome to In the Room, a wrestling podcast from the Des Moines Register. I'm Cody Goodwin, the Register's wrestling writer, and I am glad you're here. Got a fun show for you guys today, the first of many coming this week week. We've got interviews with Iowa coach Tom Brands, as well as Hawkeye wrestlers Alex Marinelli and Spencer Lee lined up for a little bit later. But first, I wanted to open the show with some thoughts on the Big Ten pre-seeds. The conference released those today um, on Tuesday. So we're going to break those down, share what they mean for this weekend's brackets, potential pairings, all that good stuff. Uh, this pre-seeds very rarely change, if at all, from now until the brackets are drawn later this week. Um, so now that the pre-seeds are out, gives us an idea of where everybody will fall in each bracket at every weight. Uh, basically, it goes like this up top. You've got the one seed with a bye. They're going to get the winner of the 8-9 matchup. That's one quarterfinal. In the other one up top, you got the winners of the 5-12 and the 4-13 matchups. They will meet in the other quarterfinal. On the bottom of the bracket, uh, you got the winners of the 3-14 and 6-11 matchups. That's one quarterfinal. And then the winner of the 7-10 matchup will meet the two seed who also has a bye in the last quarterfinal. Easy enough, right? Hopefully I spelled that one out for you and you can kind of visualize that in your head. Uh, what I'm going to do is this, though. I'll share where each Hawk wrestler is preceded, then the top five precedes for each weight, and then list each Iowa wrestler's potential path to the finals, what place they need to earn uh, a bid to the NCAA championships, all that other fun stuff. Also going to riff on a couple other fun things that I see in these potential brackets. I put a link to the precedes in the show notes. If you guys would like to follow along, maybe that'll help you a little bit, um, kind of visualize kind of what I'm seeing right here. So sound like a plan? Let's cue up that background music and we are going to hop to it. We'll start as we usually do at 125 pounds. Spencer Lee, of course, is the one seed. Nebraska's Liam Cronin is the two seed. Ohio State's Malik Heinzelman is the three. Minnesota's Patrick McKee is the four. And Michigan State's Ravon Foley is the five. This weight has eight total bids, which shouldn't be much of a problem for Spencer. Assuming these seeds hold, Spencer will open with a bye. Then he'll get the winner of the 8-9 matchup, which would either be Northwestern's Michael Diagostino or Michigan's Dylan Ragusen. Sounds like a blast to me. Foley and McKee are also both on his 
side so he could see either one of those guys in the semifinals. Elsewhere in this bracket, big fan of the 6-11 first round matchup between Wisconsin's Eric Barnett and Penn State's Robbie Howard. Um, that could be a blast. Also, Purdue's Devin Schroeder, who was a finalist last year, is the seven seed. He'll get Illinois' Justin Cardani first round, and the winner would meet Liam Cronin in the quarters. This bracket, guys, this looks like a lot of fun. And it's only the first one. Um, so we're moving on to 133. Austin DeSanto, he's the two seed. Penn State's Roman Bravo Young is the one seed. Then you got Rutgers' Sammy Alvarez at the three. Illinois' Lucas Bird at the four. Northwestern's Chris Cannon at the five. This weight also has eight bids. DeSanto going to open with a bye, and then he'll get the winner of the 7-10 matchup between Minnesota's Boo Dryden and Wisconsin's Kyle Berwick. Pretty charmed path to the semifinals where he could see Alvarez or potentially Michigan's Jack Medley, who's the sixth seed. Either one of those guys could probably be waiting in the semifinals. Elsewhere in this bracket, Ohio State's Jordan Decatur and Purdue's Jacob Rundell is the potential 8-9 matchup. Winner gets RBY. That one could also be pretty fun. Uh, pretty straightforward otherwise. At 141, Jaden Ironman is the one seed. Penn State's Nick Lee is the two seed. Then you got Rutgers' Sebastian Rivera at the three. Nebraska's Chad Red at the four. Illinois' Dylan Duncan at the five. This weight, again, has eight bids. Ironman's should open with the bye. Then he'll get either Michigan's Drew Matten, who's the eight seed, or Purdue's Parker Phileas, who is the nine seed. Um, that's the eight nine matchup. Ironman, he pinned Phileas earlier this year. Didn't get to Russell Matten because of Michigan's COVID pause. Red and Duncan could come out of the other quarterfinal on that side of the bracket to meet Ironman in the semifinals, should they all get through. Elsewhere in this bracket, um, I, honestly, guys, the Ironman Red Rivera Lee semifinal potential matchups is what makes this weight so juicy. Any combination of those four guys in the finals uh, probably means every wrestling fan wins. Um, I think we all want to see Ironman Nick Lee, of course, but don't sleep on Sebastian Rivera, who's won two Big Ten titles, one at 25, and then again last year at 133. He's tough, so we'll see what happens. Also, Chad Red tends to find a way to win big matches uh, when he hits March, right? So don't count him out either, um, even though I know Ironman beat him earlier this year. Um, if not for that one cradle sequence, who knows where that match goes? So something to keep an eye on there at 141. 149 pounds. Max Mirren, he is the two seed. Ohio State's Sammy Sasso is the one seed. Then you got Purdue's Griffin Perriott at the three. Northwestern's Yaya Thomas at the four. And then Michigan's Kanan Store at the five. Uh, seven bits at this weight, um, which is pretty sneaky deep, to be quite honest. Murin as the two seed, open up with a bye probably, and then he'll get the winner of the 7-10 matchup between, y'all ready for this? Uh, Nebraska's Ridge Lovett and Michigan State's Peyton Omanya. Uh, both of those dudes are landmines, guys. Uh, they could easily blow this bracket up. Murin needs his A game if either one of those guys are his first match on, su- on Saturday. Um, so just be aware of that. If Murin gets through there to the semifinals, he could see Griffin Perriott. Um, or the sixth seed, uh, Minnesota's Michael Blockus, or even the 11th seed, get this, Penn State's Bo Bartlett. That's one to keep an eye on. Um, elsewhere in this bracket, I, I, I kind of hit on it already, the Blockus-Bartlett first-round matchup, if that if, if these pre-seeds hold, very, very intriguing, guys. Uh, Bartlett's performance could mean some major team points for Penn State, um, so keep an eye on that one on Saturday morning. Also, Michael Blockus, former UNI guy, um, three-time Iowa State champ, um, so want to see how he does in his first Big Ten tournament. Also, also, the 5-12 matchup up top between uh, Canaan Store and Wisconsin's Drew Sharonbrock, um, that one could feature some fireworks as well. You don't want to miss this one either. Um, man, I, I love this weight. I love this weight. I think it's sneakily, um, if that's a word, I don't think it's a word, but I'm going to use it anyway. 
sneakily one of the uh, uh, one of the more entertaining brackets I think that could come out of this weekend. Um, okay, moving on to fifty seven. Caleb Young is the two seed. Northwestern's Ryan Deacon is the one seed. Then you got Michigan's or excuse me, Minnesota's Brayton Lee is the three. Purdue's Kendall Coleman is the four, and then Penn State's Brady Berge is the five. This weight also has eight bids available. So Young is the two seed, probably open with a buy. Then he'll get either Michigan State's Chase Saldate or Nebraska's Caleb Liking. Licking, not quite sure exactly how to pronounce that one. Either way, Young beat him earlier this year in the duel. You win there, you get either Brayton Lee or, you guys ready for this, Michigan's Will Luan, who's the sixth seed. He could wrestle Brayton Lee in the quarterfinals. Um, That would be absolutely crazy. So sign me up for that, right? Um, Elsewhere in this bracket, just something to keep an eye on, really. Only 13 guys were preceded. So I suppose there is a chance that Young may not have a first round by. He could have a first round matchup. I guess we'll kind of wait and see later this week once the brackets after Lee get drawn. Um, But again, if all these preseeds hold, um, also kind of a fan of the 8-9 first round matchup between Wisconsin's Garrett Modell and Ohio State's Elijah Cleary. So something to keep an eye on there. 157 pounds. Moving on to 65 Alex Marinelli is the one seed. You got Illinois' Dan Bronigal at the two, Ohio State's Ethan Smith at the three, Michigan's Cam Amin at the four, and then Minnesota's Andrew Sparks at the five. This weight also has eight bids. So Marinelli, after the bye, would probably see the 8-9 winner, uh, Michigan State's Jake Tucker or Indiana's Nick South. Then you have either Amin or Sparks that could come out of the other quarterfinal. Probably um, should be the other quarterfinal, just kind of looking at the pre-seeds. I'm very intrigued by a Marinelli-Amin matchup. That one will be pretty important when it comes to the team race this weekend, should it happen. Elsewhere in this bracket, guys, don't sleep on uh, Purdue's Garrett Nijenhues. Um, he's the 10 seed. He's got uh, Nebraska's Peyton Robb first round if the pre-seeds hold. Then he could see Bronicle in the quarters. He didn't see either of those guys in the regular season, so I'm going to be very curious to see how he does against both of those dudes should he uh, should he beat Peyton Robb in that first match. 174 pounds. Michael Kemmer, he is the one seed. Then you got Nebraska's Mikey Labriola at the two. Penn State's Carter Storacci at the three. Michigan's Logan Massa at the four, and then Indiana's Donnell Washington at the five. This weight also has eight bids. So Kemmerer after the bye, uh, the 8-9 winner, Wisconsin's Jarrett Crottinger or Minnesota's Jake Alar, then either Washington or Massa in the semifinals. A Kemmerer-Massa matchup in the semifinals. Guys, that's spectacular. That's not even the final. Um, and then you've got to consider the other side of the bracket. You could have Starachi Labriola in the semifinal. But before then, you could have Ohio State's Caleb Romero, who's in the sixth spot. He could wrestle Starachi in the quarterfinals. Guys, this weight is going to be so much fun. Um, that's really elsewhere kind of what I see in this bracket, the potential Starachi Lab semifinal, but only if he gets through Romero. Um, it's kind of a top-heavy weight because once you get past Romero at the sixth seed, there's maybe a little bit of a drop-off in overall talent. But I just those guys going at it, man, this is going to be so much fun. 184 pounds. This is where things get a little interesting for the Hawkeyes. Nelson Brands, he is the nine seed. Uh, Penn State's Aaron Brooks is the one seed. Then you got Wisconsin's Christopher Weiler at the two. Michigan State's Lane Malchuski at the three. Minnesota's Owen Webster at the four. And then Rutgers' John Posnanski at the five. This weight has eight bids. So Nelson has a little bit of work to do. And his first match out is going to be super important. So again, we're presuming that the pre-seeds are going to hold. But Nelson would get Illinois' Zach Bronigal in the first round. Uh, Bronigal, who's the eight seed, he beat Brands three. Three to one in sudden victory in the duel earlier this year. Um, if Nelson can beat him, you advance to the quarterfinals, where he'll probably see uh, Penn State's Aaron Brooks. Again, we're assuming the preseeds hold. 
Uh, pull that upset, get either Piznanski or Webster waiting in the semifinals. But if Nelson drops that first match to Bronicle, he'll take the bye in the Russellbacks, and then he'll see the loser of a quarterfinal on the other side of the bracket. So Weiler's the two seed. If we're visualizing this bracket again, Weiler's the two seed. He could see either Purdue's Max Lyon, who's the seven seed, or Ohio State's Rocky Jordan, who's the ten seed in the quarterfinals. Nelson would see the loser of that match, and the winner advances to the top eight and secures a bid. If the seeds hold, Max Lyon should beat Rocky Jordan, um, and then he would lose by seed to Weiler and drop to the Russellbacks. Again, Max Lyon beat Nelson in the regular season. So let's put this simply. Nelson's going to have to beat someone who beat him earlier this year if he wants to punch his ticket to the NCAA championships. That's ultimately what this is going to come down to. That first match is going to be absolutely crucial to his chances on Saturday morning. Elsewhere in this bracket, um, I mentioned it, the 7-10 matchup between Lyon, who is a Western Dubuque grad, and uh, Rocky Jordan. That's not, I think that one's going to be one to watch, um, not just for Nelson, but obviously just as the bracket as a whole. I also like uh, Nebraska's Taylor Venz to potentially reach the semifinals or even the finals out of the sixth seed. Um, he'd have to beat Maryland's Kyle Cochran, then Malchuski, then Weiler potentially to get there, but I think he's capable. Um, all that said, I think this is Aaron Brooks' wait to lose, though. Uh, on to 197. Jacob Warner is the three seed. Uh, Nebraska's Eric Schultz is the one seed. Michigan's Miles Amin is the two. Michigan State's Cam Caffey is the four. And then Northwestern's Lucas Davison is the five. This weight has just six bids, so be aware. I like Warner's draw here, though. As the three seed, um, he will have a first-round match against Wisconsin's Andrew Salome. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. He wins that one. He'll get either Minnesota's Garrett Joles or Purdue's Thomas Panola. Uh, Warner beat both of those guys in the regular season by a combined 22-6. to So win there. You're into the semifinals where he would probably see Amin, which would be pretty big for the team race, or potentially something to keep an eye on here, Penn State's Michael Beard, who's the seventh seed. That one would also be pretty big for the team race, so smooth sailing for Warner till he gets to the semifinals, um, and then that's where things get a little bit tougher. Elsewhere in this bracket, I like the potential for the Kathy Davis and quarterfinal up top. Um, Ohio State's Gavin Hoffman is in a pretty decent spot at the nine seed. Um, he can make a sneaky run through the Russellbacks, maybe, and then obviously Michael Beard at the seven seed. Um, he would face Miles Amin in the quarters if he's able to get through his first round match. Just something, a couple things to keep an eye on at this weight. Um, things could get a little funky. Finally, 285 pounds. Tony Cassiope is the three seed. Minnesota's Gable Steveson is the one. Michigan's Mason Paris is the two. Illinois' Luke Luffman is the four. And then Nebraska's Christian Lance is the five. This weight has seven bids. Cassiope is, as the three seed, he'll get uh, another first-round match. Maryland's Garrett and uh, Caps, Capes. Don't exactly know how to pronounce that one. I guess we'll find out on Saturday. Um, he'll get him in the first round. Then he could see either Wisconsin's Trent Hilger, the sixth seed, or Rutgers' Christian Colucci, the 11th seed, in the quarters. You win there, it's likely Michigan's Mason Paris. Maybe. Because elsewhere in this bracket, uh, Penn State's Greg Kirkfleet is the seventh seed and could see Paris in the quarterfinals. That'll be a gnarly first match out for Paris. Um, so if we get to see Cassiope Hilger, Kirkfleet, Paris, the losers would actually drop to the Russellbacks where they could hit in the consolation quarters. Uh, where in that point in the bracket, the loser would go for seventh, the winner would stay alive for third. Um, again, only seven bids at this weight, so something to keep an eye on as this bracket unfolds a little bit. Um, yeah, that's... Heavyweight, I, I know I was excited about 125. I'm just as excited about 285 and all these other weights in between, guys. This is going to be a tremendous weekend of wrestling. Mm-hmm. 
those are my thoughts on the pre-seeds. Um, I plan on doing something similar for the Big 12 championships later this week, so keep an eye on that one to get the lowdown on the Cyclones and the Panthers as they begin their postseason this weekend as well. Uh, Big 10 championships are set for Saturday and Sunday at Penn State's Bryce Jordan Center. As you heard, it's going to be fantastic by virtually all accounts. I plan to be in the building, so be sure to follow along for updates throughout the weekend. Okay, enough of me talking, um, at least for now. Let's get to these interviews. We're going to start with Iowa coach Tom Brands, who, as you heard at the beginning of the show, is ready, ready for this weekend to get here, just like the rest of us. Tom talked a lot a lot this week. Um, he discussed the program's pause, how the athletes handled the time away, um, about keeping their edge mentally and physically, and a bunch of other topics. He was, per usual, very entertaining and also enlightening. Let's go to that interview now with Iowa wrestling coach Tom Brands. Hope you guys enjoy. Coach, the first question from Mike Finn. Oh, hi, Tom. Um, your, your team obviously has gone through a lot this past month. And sometimes I've even heard the expressions, the only thing that could stop Iowa wrestling is COVID. Can you talk about what it's been like going through this, not just this year, but last year, considering these are probably two of the better teams you've ever had and how special maybe this team is being created because of all this other stuff? Well, I think you start with our guys and how they've handled um, this from day one, starting back when the Nationals was canceled, um, but really after that. And it's, it's a boring story because it's been told so many times, but April, May um, was a crucial time period with communication from the coaching staff to these guys about patience and controlling the things that you can control and you know, COVID is going to change the world and it's going to be so regional that it's not even going to make sense to us what's going on in other parts of the country. And you still got to um, be diligent. You still got to be focused and you still got to have a good attitude and a good work ethic. And they've done that and they've done that in a consistent manner. And when you have that, um, it, be- and it becomes, I should say, and it becomes prevalent in your locker room. Um, you know what? You can't help but have good things happen where, you know, a crisis all of a sudden jumps out at you and you handle it pretty doggone well. Um, the next question from Cody Goodwin. Hey coach. Um, thanks again for doing this. Hope you're feeling better. Um, is there, was there specific instruction that you maybe gave to your guys over the course of the last few weeks or month or so while in-person activities and stuff were paused? you're always communicating. Um, the biggest thing is, is the protocol, you know, our protocol changed. Um, we were testing sometimes twice a day. Um, you do, you know what I'm saying? You, you do the, whatever the quick one, and then you do the, the, the PCR or whatever you do the, the one that takes a while. And, um, our medical people are very diligent. So the communication, um, had to be very in depth, and I'm smiling when I say that because it's coordination on a lot of levels. My boss, Barbara Burke, um, who has exhausted herself in trying to make us as comfortable as possible with a situation that you cannot control. She's absolutely exhausted herself. 
and the Wisconsin deal, which still doesn't make sense to me. And you say, oh, well, don't talk about that. And, but it doesn't make sense to me because we, our medical team is the best medical team on the planet. Starting with our athletic trainer, Jesse Donovan, starting with our team, Dr. Andy Peterson, who are in, um, you know, direct communication every day. And then, you know, the, this, just this fabrication of dialogue that never happened. Um, it just, it, it's baffling. And so um, our guys have overcome that because of communication. So how much have we communicated um, very, very directly, very directly. And you know what? It's not fun for a lot of the roster because there is risk. Um, and so you manage that risk by separation. And you know what? Our 10 guys are the most important thing going right now. And we got to protect them. And especially the ones that are still testing. Tom. On the next question from KJ Pilcher. Tom, you have such an experienced group of, of veterans. How much does that leadership and that independence come into play when they're kind of on their own and that in-person uh, activity is disrupted? How much do you just kind of have to trust them that their independence will take over and do what's right? Well, that's the one thing that you talk about is accountability and independence and you know, remember during this time, you know, remember what the weather was like, you know, it didn't get above zero for a couple of days in a row there. And our guys weren't able to, you know, be indoors anywhere because of the, you know, the pause. And during that pause, they're doing things that are, you know, separating themselves from any and all risk. So there's a lot of isolation and, you know, they're running outside in that weather. And th those are things that remind me of uh, my days at Iowa um, when you would do, do things that were seemingly um, insane. And just to keep your edge any way, any way possible to keep your edge. And that's what these guys have been able to do. And, and the thing is, is you can talk about all that, all that's admirable and it's a great story. Uh, but it doesn't guarantee you success. And that's where Terry Brands's um, perspective comes in very well in his communication to the team in that, you know what, you, your performance is directly related to the effort that you put into it. And that effort that you put into your performance is, is it can be about, you know, what do you want to get out of it? But really, it's about when it comes down to is it going to be you or the other guy? You got to somehow make it you. You got to somehow make it be you every time. And so, you know, that's where we're at. So you can have all these admirable things and, and great stories about, you know, keeping your edge and stuff and um, the things that we've been able to do to persevere through this time. Um, but really, it's, it's up to these guys coming up here you know, in four or five days from now. The next question, Tom, from Mike Finn. Um, Tom, you had talked about an edge. Is it more of a mental edge that you're concerned about than a physical edge or maybe the fact they haven't wrestled often? They're maybe even hungrier than they normally would be going to a postseason? Uh, I don't look at it like um, I'm the one that's concerned about the edge. I was more answering a question on, maybe how you keep an edge 
And I was explaining that you keep that edge by um, when you can't come into your normal domain, into your workout room, which, by the way, we're not the only program that's had to, you know, persevere through this uh, or like this. Some some had to do it at the beginning and some are doing it now, maybe. And some had to do it at the basically the time that we were doing it or maybe before or whatever. So everybody's had their own challenges. And uh, basically what I was talking about is how accountability and independence and all those things that you recruit um, young men on, um, those come into play in the maturity that these guys have displayed through this. Um, and not just, you know, our number ones, but, you know, our number twos and threes, um, not even knowing if they're going to be called on to come in, even though they're testing every day and have to stand ready because we are limiting, you know, the number in our room. So um, that's where we're at. Tom, the next question from Cody Goodwin. Um, after the irregular offseason, um, you guys were able to come out at the, the showdown open and then go to Omaha, um, and the guys really seemed like they performed pretty well in both of those events. Um, does that experience give you confidence about what to expect this coming weekend, along with just the overall maturity of how they handled the situation? I think that your schedule is your schedule. And even if you have um, dates on a calendar that get interrupted, you make adjustments. And, you know, I, I could talk a lot about international schedules and, and, and international wrestling. And, you know, I mean, look at Jordan Burroughs' schedule. I mean, he's not wrestling every single weekend. And, and, you know, look at the best guys in the world right now. You know, they're getting ready for the Olympic Games by wrestling in a trials process and then maybe a finals trials process. Um, uh, maybe they're going to, maybe they went overseas once um, and they were fortunate to be able to do that. But, and then that's, that's how we operate. I mean, our guys are ready to go. They love to compete. Um, they love being around their teammates and their, their buddies. And it's a joy when they're, you know, around each other. So again, we're, we're ready as we can be, the results will show how ready um, me saying we are, are, and, you know, we got to be ready to hit the mat when that first whistle blows. And when I say we got to be ready to hit the mat, we got to be ready to hit the mat in a ready, ready way where we're ready, ready. Tom, the next question from Scott Docterman. Tom, how are you? Great. How are you? I'm doing wonderful. Uh, a little over three years ago, when you pulled Spencer Lee's red shirt, uh, you called him a unique talent. He would whip your tail at that age, which kind of surprised me, just knowing how good you were at that age. And then he's proceeded to have, uh, you know, a, a tremendous career up to this point. Uh, how has he uh, has he progressed in the manner that you were that you've expected? And in what ways can he still improve going forward? Well, he'll tell you that um, he's a Hodge Trophy winner. Um, you know, the only one that won the Hodge that didn't win a national title the year he won the Hodge. And so that probably motivates him. Um, you know, he's a, he's a Sullivan Award winner, and, and there's never been a wrestler that's won two Sullivan Awards. Um, so that motivates him. Um, you know, the, the areas where he has improved, um, 
isn't necessarily like where you can point to something where there's a maturity um, issue, which he certainly matured over the years, but the areas where he improves is just um, his mentality um, with the, uh, growing with the times, meaning talking about another Sullivan Award, um, talking about, you know, getting kind of cheated out of a chance in a national title a year ago and still winning the Hodge and therefore he didn't really represent the Hodge. And now he's got a chance here that by golly, we got to get to the, the national tournament somehow, some way. And then I get an opportunity to, you know, win a Hodge with a national title. And so uh, just the way he thinks, the way he talks about, you know, what's next, it's not um, like, um, it, it's like an elite minded athlete. It's like uh, Michael Jordan. Um, it's not about, um, you know, what movie am I going to make in the off season? Or what about this name, name image likeness that's coming down the pipe? How, how can I make, you know, X amount of dollars? He's very grounded in all that will come with consistent, great performances every time out. And so that's the unique mindset. I don't know that, you know, you can point to something where he's really grown or whatever. And so I've answered your question in a roundabout way about who Spencer Lee is as a competitor. The next question, Tom, from Cody Goodwin. Uh, we've talked about Caleb Young a few different times, even though he's only gotten a handful of matches in this season. But what what have you maybe seen from him in the room when he's competing that tells you that he has grown from last year's experience? Well, we're going to find out real quick coming up here. Um, how he's grown and we feel good about all of our guys and he's no exception. We feel good about Caleb Young. Um, the one area that I could point to in my head, when you ask, what have I seen? Um, that's, you know, maybe positive or onward. Um, it would be a little bit more wide open where there's more holds, there's more points being scored um, in the practice room. And that's important. Uh, that's an important barometer. So, like I said, the ultimate test is in competition. And we got that coming up with all of our guys. And he's as excited as all of them to compete. And I would say that there's probably still a little, without speaking for him, a little bitterness um, left over from, you know, last year. But he doesn't dwell on it. He's a pretty... Um, Pretty optimistic guy when it comes right down to it. Good stuff from Tom. As always, um, that bit about running in the sub-zero temperatures is both parts crazy and also kind of impressive. Uh, wrestlers are built different, man, but, you know, we knew that. Uh, got two more interviews for you guys today, and we'll hit them both back-to-back -to, -back to round out this show. First up, Alex Marinelli, and then Iowa Spencer Lee, um, the Hawkeyes' two returning Big Ten champs. Marinelli talked about running in the cold, how he and his teammates handled the time off, and how they're preparing for this weekend. And Spencer talked about a lot of the same topics, but also about the team's culture and how that 
kind of helped them through the COVID pause. Good stuff from both of these guys. As always, we will go to them right now. I hope you guys enjoy. First question from Mike Finn. Hi, Alex. Um, very few wrestlers in the past have had to do what this team has gone through, especially yourself. You've only had like a couple matches compared to your other your past. Do you ever feel like fate's against this team and that maybe and instead of you guys are using it as a more even a more a rallying point than normal? I mean, I don't know. I, I just feel like, you know, it doesn't matter how many matches I have. Um, I'm just going to go out and wrestle how I know how, um, I, we wrestle so many, so many times, um, in the practice room and we know how to wrestle. Uh, Tom said one time to me that I could take three months off of wrestling and still go back and, and do exactly what I know how to do. I, we've wrestled our whole lives. Um, you know, even though I have two matches in, I don't care. Um, I got to win, um, what is it? Nine straight to be a national champ. So Alex, the next question from Cody Goodwin. Hey, Alex, appreciate you guys doing this. Um, Tom was telling us that some of you guys, just to try and stay in shape or stay active during this kind of funky break that you guys got, was some of you guys went out running in sub-zero temperatures. Um, I know you're not much of a runner, but what, what did you guys kind of do or what did maybe you do specifically to just try and you know stay in shape during the, the weird pause? Yeah, I, I did that. Um when Tom told us to, to kind of get out and run, um, that was when we had like the, the old, uh, I don't know, blizzard as, as people would say, it was like negative 15. And, uh, I, I wore like four layers and I was sweating, but my hands and my feet were freezing. And so, um, still got in like a couple miles and, and blew my lungs out and stuff. So that was, I think, uh, you know, when you're doing that, you, you think, you know, I don't know how many other sports would take that extra mile and go out and run in negative degree weather. It just, I just don't know who would do that, honestly, but we do. And because we want to be national champs, that's, we just don't want to miss, skip a beat. That's, um, uh, we want to, we want to go the extra mile. So. The next question, Alex, from KJ Pilcher. Uh, Alex, I know the, the end goal is St. Louis and, uh, a title there, but you have a chance to become a three-time Big Ten champ. Uh, what's that mean to you, uh, you know, that challenge waiting this weekend? Uh, I mean, when people say that, you know, it's awesome. Um, and, you know, I, I don't take it for granted at all, but people remember national champs. I mean, people don't remember, you know, really how many times Spencer Lee has won the big 10, they will remember his national championships, honestly. I mean, and he, he won his first one last year, first big 10 title. Um, and it's like, I don't know. It's just like, people just don't, there's not as much weight, but honestly, you know, it is important because it's the next thing on the calendar and, it, and you get your name up on the wall and the big 10 title and whatnot. But, uh, you know, honestly, you know, that big 10 championship is that qualifier technically for nationals. So, um, you know, my goal is to be a four-time Big Ten champ, four-time national champ. That was my goal coming in. And uh, this year I can – it can be my third, so. Alex, the next question from Isaac Goffin. Yeah, I'm going off with Spencer Lee. Um, um, I was talking to his dad a few weeks ago, and it sounds like his character um, really stands out. Um, 
Could you elaborate more on his character? I mean, he's sitting right here, so I don't want to give him a big, big head. But uh, he, uh, I don't know. It's just Spencer's, you know, one of a kind. Um, he's very unique. We call him Yoda because he can do things with his opponent that is kind of, I don't know, it's just unhuman, like or whatever, you, however you call it. And uh, he can just kind of use the force and turn guys and pen them and tech them in, within the first period. But other than that, off the mat, um, Spencer Lee, you know, he's selfless. He's always talking to you, always giving you good vibes. Um, you know, he, he likes to play video games and stuff and that's his thing. So I'm not going to knock him for that. And, uh, but he's, he's always, you know, just easy going, great parents, great family. What more can you ask for? Alex, the next question from Scott Doctorman. Alex, uh, you know, that said, all of you are extremely motivated athletes to, to perform at a high level. Uh, but when you watch what Spencer has been able to do on the mat, does it either motivate you or do you ever kind of watch his match and, and go, how do I do that? Or, you know, how, what is, what does watching his matches do for you and how you evaluate yourself and, and your, maybe your teammates? Yeah, I think whenever Spencer steps on the mat, you try to see what he does that makes him so great. And I think it's that, that attention to detail and, and how he hits his moves um, and his, his tilts. I mean, yesterday I was working on armbar tilts and trying to see how Spencer does it and um, just going through it in my mind, like why, you know, why is his, maybe his grips just a lot stronger and then his, his bar arm, the way he drives his hips and just little things like that. You try to pick apart, but you know, honestly, um, we're all, we all have our own style. So, you know, I don't have to do the same thing as Spencer, but the way he's dominant on the mat, I mean, you want to take that and, uh, and run with it. So um, kind of like DeSanto um, and Ironman, Ironman has his own style. So I don't know if I can replicate Ironman's cradle style, but you know, I'm going to go out and try to be as fearless as he is. So Alex, the next question from Cody Goodwin. Um, after the irregular off season and those first few months after everything went down last year, um, you guys were able to come back at the, the showdown open. And then I know a handful of you guys also went to Omaha to compete there. And, um, you know, it seemed like you guys competed pretty well at both events. Um, does that experience give you guys a little bit of confidence going into this weekend after these last weird few weeks? Yeah, I think, you know, those, those competitions are huge and I'm thankful for that we had them. Um, and I, I'm thankful for my coaches for putting that on the Hawkeye wrestling club. Um, you know, that's awesome. But, uh, I think the wrestling that we've been doing in the room, I mean, it's, has prepared us the most. I mean, it, it's, you can't Tom and Terry's training cycle. I mean, it, nothing beats it, nothing at all in the world. And, and people are seeing that and we're number one in the country for a reason. And we got to prove it this weekend. And then a few weeks later, we got to do it again. So the, the next question, Alex, from Mike Finn. Um, Alex, everybody knows about the Iowa fan base. Unfortunately, many of them are not going to be able to even see you guys in person this postseason. Does, have you guys talked about maybe you guys want to make it even more special, find a way if those people are going to be watching on their computer or that type of thing? I mean, yeah, it, it sucks. You know, it, I mean, you know, after my Big Ten title, I, who did I point to? It was the Iowa fan crowd. Like, I mean, it's just that's who it was. And so if they're not going to be there, we're still going to wrestle for them in spirit. And we're going to – we love them. And um, the Iowa fan base is, is literally the best in the country, maybe even the world. I mean, it's um, – I can bet anything or I can trust them with anything. And, and I love their, their, uh, their knowledge in the sport. You can't beat it. And uh, 
you know, if, if they're, they're going to be, they're going to be, you know, they're going to be wanting to try to get into that uh, um, St. Louis arena. They're going to want to break the doors down and they're going to try to get in, but um, we're going to see if they, they can, uh, they can do that. So. The next question, Alex, for Cody Goodwin. Um, where have you seen Caleb Young grow or wh what's the difference between Caleb Young this year compared to, you know, maybe how he ended last year? Uh, I mean, listen to what Tom had to say, it was spot on. I mean, honestly, he, he's just a little more open. Um, like a lot of times, and, and Terry tells us me, to, to me all the time, you know, I'm just holding too much and I'm, and I'm maybe trying to be just too much of a muscle guy and uh, maybe just relax a little bit and go out there and, if you fall into a shot, great. And if you get taken down, so what? Get get out and, and get the next takedown. I mean, it's it's pretty it's, – it's as simple as that, honestly. And uh, I think Young, obviously, he's matured throughout the years, and, and this is a whole other year of training. But I feel like, you know, to me, honestly, Young is one of the top toughest guys I've wrestled in this room. I mean, with up there with Kemmerer and Kennedy and all those guys and Brooks and all those guys. I mean, Young is – is one of the best I've wrestled in the room. And so when I say that, um, it gives him fuel, but he wants to be the best on the mat out there wrestling other guys. So I know how young is, so he's going to, he's going to want to go out there and redeem himself and uh, look to put on a show. The final question, Alex is from Chris Werner. Hey, Alex, I just wanted to touch again on the, the running outside in the sub-zero temperatures. Um, how did that kind of come about? And were you surprised that, uh, so many guys did that and also how big is the mental edge you talked about especially in in wrestling when it's a one-on-one -on -one battle yeah I think the guys who wanted to keep their shape did it um and I can kind of think about who's going to do that um you know typically starting lineup couple backups um it, it's just a select few that want to be great right and then uh how it came about I mean obviously we had a myself and a couple other teammates were out with COVID protocol um and Tom was just saying, Hey, like you got to self distance. So like, what's, what's better than running? I mean, like you got to do it smart and, and stay, stay in shape and, and kind of can't push the limits. Cause I had a, people had to have like just different protocols to, to abide by, but um, it was, it was pretty, pretty normal procedure for us. Like we just go out and run. I mean, it's, it's not that hard, but it is hard if you're not used to it, I guess. Spencer, I hope you're doing well. Um, a lot of people with wrestling, it's sometimes they talk more about the mental edge that you need to succeed in the postseason. Can you talk about how your mental edge is now, considering all the stuff that's happening? Have you been trained enough mentally to get ready for the postseason? Absolutely. I mean, we've been we talked about getting through anything, no matter what the circumstances. Uh, since I was a freshman, even, and that's how the coaches they. They talk to us. It doesn't matter what's going on, what's going on in the world. You can only control what you can control, and you just have to go out there and, and uh, control what you can control, right, which is your mindset, how hard you train, how ready you get, going to bed early, eating, you know, diet, whatever, right? So we're ready to go, and it doesn't matter what's coming after us, but we're, we're going to do our best to uh, you know, win titles. So. Spencer, the next question from K.J. Pilcher. Uh, yes, Spencer. What was the communication like uh, between teammates 
um, during the disruption of in-person activities and, you know, how much of it is just an independent thing that you have to trust each other to do uh, the right thing during that time? Uh, I mean, everyone holds each other accountable, but I know most of us just kind of did our own thing. Uh, we even, I'm not saying we avoided each other, but we, we did the best we could by the protocol to stay isolated. And you know, this is a, we, we lost last year. So I don't think any of us wanted to do anything that could possibly affect uh, this year. So uh, I think we all knew what we had to do and we did what we had to do to get back to, to competition uh, or compliance or whatever. Right? So. The next Spencer from Chad Leistico. <clears throat> hey Spencer, uh, as you, uh, you know, it's been a year now since uh, the Big Ten tournament last year, and, uh, and you've been through a lot. But I guess uh, off the mat, uh, how has uh, your guys' uh, I guess demeanor and character helped you get to this point? I mean, just like I said, we we've been ready for this since last year. Uh, we were we were training like March was going to happen any time right after it got you know canceled. So we're just ready to go. I mean. That's just that's just how we are. I mean, it's kind of hard to uh, say anything else because we've been we've been ready for this since I was even a freshman. You know, whatever was coming at us, you know, I, I've had a lot of adversity in my career. Uh, a lot of my teammates have had adversity in their career, and it doesn't matter. We just got to keep getting back up from getting hit. You know, put down the ground on the canvas, right, like a boxer, and you know, keep punching back and ready to go. So, Spencer, the next question from Cody Goodwin. Hey, Spencer, appreciate you guys doing this. Um, Two-parter here. One, did, did you go running with some of your teammates in the sub-zero temperatures over the last few weeks? And uh, I, I ran outside every day for about a month and a half, so even before the uh, protocol happened. So I got gotcha. you. The, the second part I had was uh, what else did maybe you and you guys do during the pause to try and stay in shape since the in-person uh, I I would get up at like 6.30 and I would run and then I would run at like 3 and then I'd run at like 8. Spencer, the next question from Chris Werner. Hey, Spencer. I'm just wondering, obviously, you only had two home duels um, this year, how it how it shook out, but how, how was that experience for you? Obviously, it's very different from what it's normally like uh, during a normal year at Carver. Uh, I think uh, I get the most nervous to wrestle into Carver. And I wasn't really nervous this year because <laughs> there was no one to wrestle in front of except for the parents. You know, I could hear, I could actually hear my dad screaming, you know, from the stands. Usually it's a faint voice. Now it's just, just his voice and Terry's. So that was kind of fun, but it was definitely different. And I don't know if I ever want to do it again. So let's have fans. <laughs> Next question from Scott Dockerman. Yeah, Spencer, what's kind of your thoughts about being called Yoda by some of your teammates? And uh, have you had any other nicknames over the years? Uh, they, they call me that because, like, Terry Brands and, like, Nelson and a bunch of other guys love Star Wars. Caleb Young. Caleb made, like, a, a photo edit of me in, like, my wrestling – like, one of my pictures I took uh, for media this year um, with, like, a cane and, like, Yoda ears on and said in, like, the group chat. So, like, it was kind of like a – it was like a meme because they would call me Yoda because I'm really, and I'm, I'm really short. He's really short, you know? So it's all, it all like kind of makes sense to them. They all, they all found it pretty funny. So, I mean, it's a compliment to me, so I'm not upset about it. Pretty cool being called Yoda. 
<laughs> Spencer, the next question from Chad Lystico. Hey, man, uh, going back to even when you're being recruited, uh, how do you feel like uh, the guys in this room, you, Alex, Michael, Caleb, you know, have helped change uh, the perception of Iowa wrestling? And now as you get to this, these championships, how do you want to be remembered? Uh, I mean, I wouldn't say it was just like just those guys, right? I mean, I think a lot of people had an impact. I mean, if you even a lot to like put down the my like the senior class or junior class when I was a freshman, but I know that the team was a lot different then. Um, very individual oriented. I remember uh, vividly having like two people on the bench um, my freshman year. Watching, I was watching like. 65 or 74 Marinelli or Gunther at that time. And there's like two people on the bench. Everyone else is upstairs, like eating food or watching TV upstairs. And I think that the team now is like, we get as many people on the bench as physically can and the rest are in the tunnel. You know, they're, they're all, they all want to be there. They all want to help out. It just, our team's just a lot closer and it just kept evolving. Like there was like, you could see that there was like people that wanted to be like that my freshman year. Um, and it just kept evolving, you know, with Cameron and Caleb and Marinelli and you know, so many other people. I mean, literally everybody, even people that you guys behind the scenes might not know too much about because of their, their careers may not have gone the way they wanted when they're here. But uh, it's been, I mean, it's been awesome just seeing that change and the camaraderie and watching everyone want to be, you know, supportive of everyone. So, Spencer, the next question from Isaac Goffin. Yeah, I'm Spencer. It seems like you have a special connection from President Bruce Harrow, and I know you talked about him on in January. Um, could you elaborate on that? Uh, well, so Terry thought it would be a great idea to have me do like a skit with him because there hasn't been parking allowed at Hillcrest ever. Actually, probably I don't think there's ever been allowed. Like you've always had to pay for parking. And my dad sent Bruce Harold, President Harold. I mean, uh, sorry, a email like very articulated email. My dad's not someone I would ever want to get into an argument with uh, about, because that was when we were like the sub-zero temperatures um, and we were on like parking at Hillcrest. So the only way I could get to practice was either by walking or like the bus. And if you're waiting for a bus for five minutes, my dad wrote an article or another email, I mean, that you could get frostbite in less than like five minutes, right? So he, I was allowed, you know, we were allowed to have parking there for like a month and a half until it got warmer. And so, like, my, then I met him at the, uh, the Capitol when I won Nationals my freshman year, and we talked then and, uh, for, like, probably 30 minutes there. Uh, and we just kind of made a connection there. And then we, had, we did that skit where we, you know, met on a bus and talked and had, like, an interview together, and that was really cool. I mean, I, I have great respect for him. I think he's, a, he's, he has a, he's the kind of mindset that I would want out of a college president. You know, it's awesome. Spencer, the next Hello. question from Scott Docterman. Yeah, this is kind of uh, two parts, two different subjects, really. One is, I know you've uh, you've had some fun in the past with Tristan Wirfs. Did you ever talk to him throughout the course of his football season, and especially after the Super Bowl? Yeah, I mean, we kept in touch a little bit. Uh, I, I don't really hang out with many people, so I'm kind of a loner when it comes to that aspect, just because that's just how I've always been. So I'm not saying like me and him were like best buds and hung out all the time, but we did keep in touch a little bit. And I just wanted to tell him, you know, the good luck you know, for some of his, you know, some of the games or, you know, post about him being rookie of the week or whatever, because he is kind of a phenom. And 
a freak. Uh, that guy's insane. I mean, your first year in the NFL and you win Super Bowl title guarding Tom Brady, giving up one sack, you know, that dude's a, he's a monster. So I hope to keep in touch with him just, just out of, you know, respect of uh, his career. He went to almost every match of mine, I think, in Carver. I mean, he was, he was awesome. That's a good dude. And the, the other part is how do you, with knowing what you've got coming ahead or want to have ahead in, in the summer, how do you train differently for those two disciplines, knowing that, you know, the folk style uh, style of wrestling, you know, that's really important right now. But beyond that, freestyle is going to be very, very important once it's over. Well, uh, I don't really train any different for freestyle. Uh, I, we really don't do much freestyle because I, I did freestyle my whole life. And I frankly wrestle folk style like I wrestle freestyle. And the only difference is uh, I don't lock my hands on top, basically. And uh, that's about it, really. Take down the transition turn is the same thing. Um, I don't, I don't go across my back when I scramble. Just, I just don't, you, you could probably watch every single match of mine in college. And I probably have never hit like a funk roll or anything. Maybe even high school, you could probably find, not even find a match like that. So I don't really, my style doesn't change at all. You just got to know that there's a uh, different rules and push outs and, you know, different defenses a little bit and you know, top bottoms definitely different. So but that's about it. Don't really train, train any different. Spencer, the final question this afternoon from Chad Lystico. All right, easy one. Who's the nicest guy on the team, and uh, why do you guys get along so well? Uh, I think I think nice is relative. Um, how about the guy that's always smiling, and you can never make not smile? It's probably Cassio B. Uh, he's the guy that we have a, a five thirty workout, and he was the, he was in here at four fifty five just because he was already awake. So then we're all in there kind of, you know, tired or whatnot. And he's just laughing and smiling trying to wrestle around with everybody and half the team just trying to get their mind ready for the workout. He's been awake for an hour, already ate breakfast. You know, <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, Cassiope, let me wake up, you know? And he's like, come on, I've been awake for an hour. Just, you know, messing around, moving me or whatnot. So definitely a guy that uh, it's good to have in the morning because he kind of wakes you up because you're like, well, he's awake, so I got to be awake. <laughs> Big thanks to Alex Marinelli and Spencer Lee and Iowa coach Tom Brands for their time. And big thanks to you guys for your time as well. Uh, like I said earlier, this is the first of a few shows we've got planned for this week. We got another one focusing on the Big 12 championships coming up later uh, on both Iowa State and Northern Iowa. And then another one that touches on Grandview, who's going for its 10th straight NAIA national title this weekend as well. Absolutely bonkers, right? So be sure to tune into those shows later this week. Because that's all we've got today, you guys. Thanks a bunch again for listening. Be sure to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, wherever you get your shows. Follow me on Twitter at Cody Goodwin or Instagram, Cody J. Goodwin. Love communicating with you guys. Be sure to also subscribe to the Des Moines Register to catch all my stories, mailbags, analysis, and videos. You can find links to do all of that as well as stories from this past week in the show notes. That's it from this episode, you guys. Thanks a bunch again for listening. We will talk again soon.